0: Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's New Stand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is October twenty third, twenty twenty two. How the heck are you? Hopefully you're having a good one. Um, let's see. I feel like I don't know, I feel like we're getting closer to the spooky hour, sort of spooky day, <laughs> you know, uh Halloween. So, you know, I don't know. I don't really plan on getting too spooky. Uh, I'm not really a spooky guy for real. I'm not really into into the scene per se, but I do like it aesthetically, at least from like a certain distance, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so I like kind of being spooky adjacent. That's how I would define myself in uh, in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I once hol- once Halloween's over, I actually really get into Thanksgiving. Like I'm really ready for that because I'm ready to eat. Uh, speaking of eating food corner i had some el trumpo that was yummy uh three tacos i got like mahi mahi lagua which i can never pronounce correctly and uh cabeza yeah and um it was yummy i enjoyed it uh and a margarita yes frozen margarita. I feel like I'm not really trying to get just a normie margarita unless that's the only option out of place. My I think my that's just my default. Yeah. It's where we've landed at the age of thirty two. Um see nothing else really personally. I feel like uh, what let's celebrate that I had a good week. There we go. Um besides like I don't know if it's like you'd call it like seasonal change, but like it just uh puts my body in a funk you know what I mean or or maybe I I catch a little bug and it's allergies I don't know but um that's happening that's a thing but um overall I'm in a good place we're in the good place that's good um yeah let's get into some news I want to start um with some stuff that took place in the UK it's kind of like a going to flow into the next article too because it's kind of like a little bit of china news but um let's see got this from nbc news hong kong protester assaulted at chinese consulate in britain Uh, police are investigating after a pro-democracy demonstrator was beaten up on the grounds of the cons on the consulate in manchester manchester um so yeah this was a story that Kind of unfolded, and I was surprised to hear it. I mean, you know, protesting is a thing that happens, but the fact that this was people who work at the consulate that came out with like masks on, and they just rounded up a guy and they were beating him up and they dragged him into the the um, you know, to their building and and roughed him up some more. And then the fact that the police had to come and like, you know separate them and all that. Like that that's crazy. It just seemed really intense. Also, there is a picture, I don't think it's in this article, but like it just gets so wild. Like there's people dragging the guy, um, you know, hitting him, stuff like that, roughing him up. But then there's a scene where this older gentleman is grabbing the the demonstrator's hair and just pulling it. And it's like what are you doing? Like But it just kind of shows the energy of the moment, I guess you can say. And, you know, these people are, you know, like said in the kind of headline, these people are protesting, you know, the situation that's going on in Hong Kong, um, you know, China abroad, you know, essentially with Xi Jinping, you know, more or less getting a new term break. You know, he's already altered the rules of, you know, the party, and now you know he can have this part, or he can run unopposed, do his thing. So you know, essentially, he's more or less looking like leader for life. Uh, we're gonna be getting to that into the next article, but um, you know, people are just protesting the situation. Uh, there's a lot going on, and for something like this to go over in Britain was uh you know a big deal. Um, let's see, there is a quote I wanted to get here. Um, also, you know the. The situation, the man who was protesting, like, he had to go to the hospital. So it was that bad of, like, you know, a roughing up. So that was something that was really surprising that it got that bad. Um, Also, it reminded me of a term I heard. I initially had heard this from um, Chapo Trap House uh, podcast, uh, left this podcast. I listened to them. And they had did a movie review of, like, the Wolf Warriors or whatever, Wolf Warrior, or something like that, and uh, it's like these like Chinese movies, and it just really appeals to the sense of like what is wolf warrior diplomacy. And it's like kind of like the expendables, but just Chinese, and uh, the westerners are just the bad guys. So, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of fair. Um, let's see if I can find this quote though. Uh, do 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 do, there's fine. Let just skip it. Um, yeah, we're just going to skip it. Uh, but essentially, yeah, that was kind of eerie, kind of odd. Um, but um, like I said, segues into the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, I got this from NPR. Uh, Chinese, China's Xi Jinping emerges from the Communist Party Congress with dominance. So essentially, like I said before... Uh, Xi Jinping has now officially, you know, moved into, you know, I guess a third term, and uh, that is, you know, a big deal. That is a, you know, a stark change in how things were supposed to go, you know, at least in the world. You know that Mao was running, and then, and don't get me wrong here, I'm not an expert on Chinese history or you know communist thought theory what have you. I'm sure you could tell. I'm not an expert on anything here. I'm just a guy with a microphone talking. But, you know, I try to do my best. I try to learn. I try to get insights where I can. Um, I will say, too, a nice companion for this week, actually. I found this podcast called uh, The Prince, I believe. And it just kind of chronicles um, as much as, I guess, this journalist could... Uh, compile on Xi Jinping and kind of applies it to the history of, you know, China and, you know, especially like, you know, some of the modern events that have been kind of going on. Uh, I found it really interesting. Uh, I would check it out. So I guess there's a free plug there. But um, definitely interesting how the party works. Um, In a lot of ways, especially now, it's it's not so much a communist thing like that is the wrapping paper of the party of the government but you know this is a you know an autocrat in power you know and the way his you know party is set up he's at the top um, he also has a group of you know six other men who are also um, what is it the uh polit polit bureau standing committee um, and they're considered close associates of g and and a lot of how he's moved his party over the years as he's been in power has really kind of shown that look it is really more important that you are loyal to me as opposed to how good you are or how much expanded thought you can add to the the government it's that that's not as important what is important is how loyal to me are you how effective and loyal you are to you know Z. so I think that this kind of system, especially, I think, from Western perspective, um, it gets a lot of naysaying, and I get that, especially when you look at, um, you know, some of the uh, human rights issues at hand that go on in China. But obviously, of course, once again, that's from a Western perspective usually saying that, and usually, in that way, we aren't looking at our own, you know backyard and the things that we do and issues that we have yet to overcome now that being said they don't negate each other either i do think you can talk about both and should talk about any and all things that are bad going on you know any kind of violation is a bad violation is a problem it's something that should be addressed and talked about um so i mean there's definitely a lot going on also a pivot that's kind of come up is um you know, the whole situation with Taiwan, uh, not so much has changed in terms of like, they, they still want it. <laughs> Sorry, kind of spacing out here, I guess. But they still want Taiwan. It's still on the agenda. But I guess the essentially is like, look, like we have said before, we would say it again, we will use force if we have to. Um, you know, there are potential projections that they might try to do something within the decade Now, I mean, that's not, that's more speculative than anything, but it's just one of those things where if they do decide, there's really not much that Taiwan can really do about it. And, you know, of course, Biden has said before and, you know, his weird way that, oh yeah, no, we would get involved militarily if they did, but he's also, and, you know, his party has said, you know, his um, administration has said, well, let's not say we would get military involved. We would, you know, continue to do what we're doing, yada, yada, yada. And they didn't necessarily say boots on the ground or anything like that. So who knows? But even so, China, like, I've heard a lot of, like, statements like, oh, okay, because of the whole housing situation, um, like, real estate, kind of the bubble kind of bursting. There's no more growth there, not as much. Uh, The situation with COVID, the zero tolerance, that's a big fucking deal. That's something that is in some ways a black eye um you know to the you know chinese detriment but at the same way you look at it the other way they don't have as many deaths to report from covid from how aggressive they've been with the zero um you know tolerance so i mean there is definitely give and take there um i don't know i've just been really interested in the goings on there i've also been listening to like history stuff from like ancient china and stuff like that so it's just i'm trying to get to the point where i really can have more of a knowledge of all of the world but um hopefully without having to get a bunch of books because that is expensive (laughs) but um i do find where china is right now to be very very pivotal and you know not just where they are in power but how they are growing and changing um you know, where they're going to be in the future and where we are going to be in position to them. I think that's a big thing for us. I think that's why we've kind of made the the conversation to talk about our competition with China, um, which is kind of weird. Um, every time that, that kind of, like, language gets brought up by, like, Blinken, blinking, um, I always go, like, well, what is that about? Like, is that, like, it feels like an 80s movie montage or something. I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, I guess there's one part I wanted to read here. Uh, the party Congress added two arcane but important political ideas to the party constitution, the two establishes and the two safeguards. The two safeguards call on party members to recognize G as the core of the party and to regard his governing philosophy as a key tenet of party rule. The two safeguards required uh, party members to protect G's status as the core and to safeguard the party's leading role in politics in China. So, I mean, that's definitely a big deal. It's definitely marking and showing like how the party has changed so much over time, which is something, like I said, these kind of things kind of gone way over my head. I don't really have the reasons on it, but learning i've definitely kind of seen like oh well there were times where the party was thinking you know in post mal like well we're going to be more liberal we're adopting more of these changes we've hybridized our model a little bit more with capitalism maybe things are going to be a little bit more freed up there is going to be more expansion but you know as g you know really secured everything came into power that wasn't the case and things have been locked down and um i mean i guess even you know more before that i'm sure but um just these changes are kind of showing like look the focus is now more on to the one and not so much on what does the party as a whole think like what do we want to do what do we do we want to include the people in these thoughts and these conversations that's not really the case um g has really kind of fought to make sure that the conversation of like oh we're going to debate this we're going to change this we're going to alter this that's not the case like there's a party of one for a reason, and you know we are going to focus on making sure that the goals get met. And also that, I think it's also kind of demonstrated that some people are like, oh, well, everyone in China is having such a bad time. No one's having any fun. People are dying. And uh, yeah, and there's definitely a mix. Like There are people who are very unhappy, um, especially when you're talking about the COVID lockdown situation um if you're not in the middle class if you're not doing well and you're having to struggle then that's not good and especially once again you're losing your job or something like that because of this COVID situation but if the overall numbers show growth show that people are doing well and they're being successful then that's what they really want to see um So, I mean, those are the kind of numbers that they kind of lean on, at least when they're talking about the country as a whole, you know, in the the national sense or in the global sense, I should say, sorry. Um, Gosh, kind of dwelled on that. So we can move on to the next thing. It is some bad news. Uh, Yeah, I I would say I was surprised about it in terms of just the blocking. But I mean, we can just kind of get into it when we read the title. Uh, Got this from Yahoo News and the Associated Press, uh, court temporarily blocks Biden's student loan forgiveness. So, uh, let's see, let's see the eighth court of, eighth court, (laughs) the eighth circuit court of appeals issued, um, a stay as of late Friday, um, and it's essentially blocking, uh, Joe Biden's plan, to cancel the student loan debt, so I mean, billions of dollars are you know in limbo in terms of what are we going to do with it? Who's paying for this? Um, now, I mean, it's obviously not a you know a permanent thing or anything like that. It's just like um, a process. Now they're going to look into it and say, hey, you know, should this be allowed to go any further? Because you know the app just opened, at least like the beta for it so people were allowed to enter in their information and get put on the list and you know hopefully then come November they were going to get you know everything processed. Uh now it's looking like if this doesn't go through by like even January, if things get held up even longer, then um you know, people might go back to being on the hook. So that was something I kind of wanted to bring up. Um let's see It does kind of go into the details in this article, if you would like to read it. Um, But, um, you know, more or less, it's stemming from the Republican lawsuits that are also going on in other, you know, several different states. You know, I think it's like six, I think. Um, Kind of spitballing that, yes. Six Republican-led states um, have made a motion to block the program. There has been companies um, who are more or less like the middlemen for the debt or whatever, who would i guess be quote-unquote losing money somehow in this or whatever um even though i think it's being paid by like an act which they're saying like i think it was like a hero's act thing is how biden is allowed to do this and they are saying well you shouldn't be doing it this way it's a misinterpretation of what it was for because it was essentially for um like veterans or something like that i don't know whatever it's it's some lame-ass b- legal shit to try to stop this which you've heard it here before where it's like no i think this is a good thing uh i think this should go through uh i'm sorry if you're salty about the fact that maybe you paid yours or whatever um but there's plenty of people who have gotten help and pay you know to pay for it so why wouldn't more help now be a problem i don't get it um i don't people have plenty of reasons but i think they're bullshit so i will definitely keep you guys posted on that uh something else that i've been you know keeping it posted on uh this story started once again in the patreon but um it's moved to a legal place so i felt like okay cool perfect we will move it to the um main episode stream so got this from npr thank you yet again And yes, technically, this is sports news. Yeah, sports. No ball. Uh, Hans Niemann sues Magnus Carlsen for $100 million, accusing him of defamation. Now, it's not just Hans Niemann. It's also chess.com. So that is a big development. At least I think it is. Um, yeah, I think that's just... Yeah, because they he is uh, suing them both for defamation, They have... He's also accused... Because I got some more information from The Independent, but then the article got weird. I don't know why. So we're using the NBR one. But essentially, he's accusing them of defamation in the sense, like, you guys are saying that I cheated. You know, you didn't put out any evidence. There's nothing to say that I did besides the two times that I said I did in the news or whatever. And he said he did those as, like, a kid. Essentially... You know now he is you know been really put through the wire the the riot the wire, and um, he has been what he's called quote unquote blacklisted. He said like I think there's been like two tournaments he has not been able to participate in, um, even though there have been others and those people said look there's no reason to you guys don't have any solid proof that he has cheated, so he's allowed to compete. Um, hell, there was even um accusations that maybe he's had anal beads um in his butt so that someone who could tell him like hey like this is gonna be a risky situation or you're in a risky area like move wise like do this do that now um i said on the pod uh, on the patreon episode i think any actual cheating he did to potentially beat magnus carlson the person who kind of lit this whole thing when he lost a match to hans nieman and also I should say, too, uh, Hans Zeman is a 19-year-old. So he's a young kid. Um, I would also say, too, he's gifted. But like he has said before when he cheated when he was younger, he's like, I cheated on Chess.com. They were unranked matches. I was doing that to, like, you know, work on my game, um, you know, just get better, yada, yada, yada. And um, at least this is according to him now chess.com had come out and said hey that's not entirely true he's cheated more than that we've you know had conversations with him on more than just those occasions um madness carlson like they play in this big tournament he beats him according to Magnus carlson though um he's like the way he beat me he wasn't focused he wasn't paying any attention there was just something weird about it um and he just was like, nah, that that just didn't add up. Then they play again. Also, I wanna add to the shade. Hans Niemann, in an interview right after the match, he goes, Oh wow, I can't believe I won. Like I can't believe I beat him. Like, I bet he's so embarrassed to lose to me. So, I mean, I could see if if I, I lost, I took an L like that. And um, this kid says this shit. And Mattis Carlson's 32-year-old. And he's, like, you know, world greatest. Like, he's, you know, well-known. He even has his own chess app, which is actually tied to the lawsuit, at least in terms of the conversation. Um, I'm kind of getting in the weeds here. But um, I I do also, in terms of what I I think he did in terms of cheating, how he won, I do think, this is the speculation, the theory that I lean most towards, that... um, He had maybe an inside man in Magnus Carlsen's team who told him what his play pattern was going to be. And knowing that, and especially because it was like a kind of like a niche play pattern to win. So knowing it, he kind of just knew what to do in the counters and was able to play and not have to like super think or focus. I think that's the most likely way that he cheated, quote-unquote. That's that's the Isaiah Newsstand speculation, you know, whatever. But anyway, back to the Play Magnus app. Play Magnus app, so I'm going to say it correctly. Um, apparently, Chess.com and Magnus Carlsen were going to be in a merger. And, you know, he's saying there's a bit of collusion here. Uh, Hans Niemann is saying this. And essentially... You know, that's what this lawsuit is about. Um, He also feels like, you know, he has been blacklisted. Um, he also teaches chess and does uh, Twitch streaming and stuff like that. And he's saying that his brand, his business is being drastically affected and undercut from these accusations. So that is why he's seeking damages. So here we are. Now, you know, checkmate. <laughs> um. Let's see. Now, sadly, this is um, actually the next two are kind of a bit of a bummer. I'm trying to make the last one uh, maybe a little lighter. I'm going to do my best there. But this one I really can't. Uh, It is about Lucy Letby. Now, I'm going to tell you right away. I'm definitely not giving the best justice here in terms of, like, how this case is, uh, how it's going. Because it is an ongoing thing. But um, let's see from the BBC article it is this Lucy Letby trial unusual finding in babies x-ray uh, court hears um but essentially uh Lucy Letby was a nurse um she was accused of killing 7 babies and attempting to murder 10 others at Countess of Chester Hospital in 2015 and 2016 Uh, The 32-year-old denies uh, the 22 charges. 22 fucking charges. You heard it there. Um, Essentially, uh, the one in question, I also have an article from Sky News that I kind of initially got the reading info from. Um, Line of gas in front of baby's spine was consistent with air having been administered. Trial hears. So, I mean... It's almost like this is, like, an angel of death. These are like, premature babies, I believe, for the most part, that she was supposed to be taken care of. But, um... It's not really an angel of death. Like, these kids could have totally been fine. And probably would have been fine had just had normal care. And, um... Um, it's, we don't, we don't know, like, this is like a, this is a breaking kind of, I don't want to say breaking news thing, like, the trial's been going on, um, and this is, you know, stuff that happened in 2015, 2016, but, like, no one really knows if, like, what her exact motivation is. There was a letter found where she kind of is, like, saying, like, like, how bad she was at the, you know, at being a nurse and, like, she did this and all this, like, more or less a confession is what it sounds like. But, you know, I'm not sure how admissible that is or, you know, what have you. Um, but, I mean, it's really just such a, you know, hearing, like, the child letter. Because there's so many. And they don't have, like, the names. The names are just scolos by the parents, whatever. Your anonymity, whatever. What have you. But it's just super sad. And um, to hear, like, it, it's just very gruesome. Um, just some of the the methods and techniques he was using to, to do this kind of grizzly shit. Um, just that the line of gas, I guess it was like injected into the spine and it was like air. And, um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't want to like really get bogged down in the details. I would say definitely if you are interested and, you know, you're looking for like a podcast route, um, Last podcast on the left, they actually did like a relax fit episode on Lucy Let Be, which was kind of surprising. They usually don't do like modern stuff unless it's like side episodes. So, them doing this one was interesting. And um, I definitely say they yeah, have the BBC has, you know, ongoing coverage of it. But um, yeah, just super sad shit. Um, but I'm going to move on to a lesser version of the super sad shit, but it does involve kids. Um, and I'm gonna take my break real quick and we'll get right to it. Oh trying to stay hydrated, guys. Okay, but we're back. Um, I got this from Yahoo News. Um, also, Good Morning America. I guess this is where they got the article from. Um, daycare worker who used horror mask to scare children charged with felony child abuse. Now, this is, you know, it's, it's bad. Okay, it's totally bad. We are not, you are not condoning the use of what happened here at all. This was not good. Not, no, no, no good. Um, I guess essentially what happened well i guess we can just read the top part uh five daycare workers have been charged with child abuse after a video of them terrifying small children with a scary mask similar to the one in the scream film franchise went viral so you can check the video out it is um not good not good look for the daycare workers um it's something to myself, though, where I, I maybe it's because I'm, you know, some getting older like millennial boomer or something. There were certain like when I initially saw it, it didn't make me go, oh, wow, it's so fucked up. Ugh. But the more I kind of thought about it and, you know, just listening to people's responses was like, OK, no, I, I do get it. Like, it's not like she's just giving the kids a little spook like she is using as punishment, like terror, like she's terrorizing these kids. And it's one of those things where that's totally not okay. And I think especially when you see the kids' reactions, they're just like blubbering, scared, and they're like burying. Oh, sorry, I hit the mic. <laughs> uh, you know, they're burying their head, like just. Uh, and meanwhile, there's another daycare worker recording it, incriminating themselves. Um, so not smart, and uh, they were arrested. And now we're facing felony charges. Um, so, yeah, not the not the best look for little blessings, child care and learning center. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, like I said, my initial response as a single guy, no kids. I was like, oh, yeah, they just, that's that's a little messed up. And, you know, I kind of moved on. But then I kind of like thought about it saw more of the video, and I was like, yeah, no, this isn't good. This isn't just, like, you got a little spooked. And there's also times, too, where I look at my childhood and go, oh, yeah, that's fine, that was okay. But if you actually, like, thought about that out loud, someone would go, no, man, like, maybe X or Y wasn't okay. Like, maybe that person shouldn't have done that, and maybe there should have been some consequences, and you shouldn't have just had to throw dirt on it. Like, I know some people will take those kind of, um moments is as like, oh, it's gotta be this way. It's gotta like you gotta learn. You gotta take it as a growing moment. Oh, it's not that bad. Like, you know, the kids should have been doing what they were supposed to do. And it's like, okay, if they were supposed to be doing what they're supposed to do, fine, like we can have that conversation and you can talk to the kid and, and really work with them. And I know it's hard to do a job like daycare, you know, with the ratio of the kids to the, you know, the workers. It's not easy. But um whipping out the the horror mask and you know yelling at a child is never okay. Never good. So tisk 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 and um yeah it's gotten legal and um you know maybe some shakes out there I will let you guys know. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. You're the best, and I love you very much. Um hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. Bye-bye. Mwah.